0: Welcome to the Sigma Femme Podcast. We're so honored to have you here and want to thank you for choosing to step up your life and business while being unapologetically you. The Sigma Femme is neither a leader nor a follower. She is committed to living her life, her way. She has charisma and unstoppable power like no other. Let's expand the Sigma Femme community together. Now here's your host, Hayley Forbes. Hello and welcome to the Sigma FM podcast. I am so excited that you are joining me for this session together. And in this episode, we are going to be diving into how you can stand in your power as a coach. This is something that's really, really on my heart. I love being a coach. I love coaching my clients. I love sharing my message, showing up online and sharing my message and what I stand for I love helping inspire other people but what I love the most is really helping other coaches to stand in their power because for me it's about the ripple effect. I love that I see the more that I help my clients who are coaches really stand in their highest power, the more that they actually help their clients. They help their clients improve their lives and then their clients positively impact the people in their life. It's this ripple effect and it's the most beautiful thing about the coaching industry. So today I really wanted to dive into how I can help you stand in your power as a coach and we're just going to go right in with it with 15 ways that you can step more into your power as a coach and create that bigger impact, create those bigger ripple effects. So number one is don't be afraid to say no to working with potential clients. You do not have to be the coach for everybody. You get to be the coach for your most aligned clients. You get to be the coach for the clients that you believe in. What often happens, and I see this a lot with new coaches, but I actually see it all the way through this industry. And with coaches who have been doing this for years, I see them take on clients who aren't in alignment with them. Either their values are aren't in alignment, or they're taking on clients who want the coach to do all the work for them, who aren't actually willing to take any responsibility for their own actions. And People are taking them on. So coaches are taking them on either because they want to help everybody, right? As coaches, we have this want and this desire to help people in the world, to raise the the consciousness of the world and make the place a better place, right? So either want to help everybody, or it comes from a financial standpoint of well, someone's offering to pay me, so I should take their money. That makes business sense. However, it really doesn't. If you take on an unaligned client, what's going to happen is you're going to start to feel resentful towards that client. You're going to start to feel like you're giving them all your energy, all their time. You are going to have less capacity to do the things in your business that you actually need to do and less capacity to take on clients who are aligned with you you're going to start feeling frustrated and probably so is your client because if they aren't aligned with you or if they are stuck in victimhood and aren't ready to actually be coached and take action in their life, then they're not going to see results. And what's going to happen when they don't see results, they're going to blame you because they're still in victimhood. They're not taking on any responsibility for themselves. So all that's going to happen is it's going to create this icky relationship between you, you're more likely to want to give up coaching and it's not going to benefit you, it's not going to benefit your clients and it's not going to benefit the other clients that you could be coaching if you had space and capacity to take them on. You get to be the coach for the clients that you can see are ready to do the work that you truly believe in, that have the self-awareness, who take radical responsibility and are ready to put in those results. Okay, so number two now is discover what it is that your client really need and not just what they want. So I have a saying that goes, sell your audience what they want while also giving them what they need. Now, this isn't about misleading people in sales. You can't just sell someone something they want and then give them something completely different, right? That is out of integrity and you will go out of business very, very quickly if you do that. However, what you can do is you can sell them what they want while also giving them not only what they want, but what they need as well. So as a business coach, people often come to me because what they want is they want to create more success in their business. So I sell them that and I give them that. However, what they also get when they come into my world is they get mindset coaching, they get inner child coaching if that's what they need at that time. We go deep into their priorities, we create more fun and joy in their life we bring excitement back into their life however that's often not what people will say they want When a lot of coaches come to me who are ready to scale to six-figure months, they are thinking, I want the six-figure month. They're not thinking, how can I bring in more joy and ease into their life? However, that's often what they need. Often what they need is to work on their mindset and bring in more joy and ease, and then everything else starts to slot in place, and then bringing in more money into their business is the byproduct. So really think about what is it that your audience needs, not just what do they want. And then when you're selling and creating your offers, make sure to have both in there, okay? So make sure that they are getting what they need inside that offer as well as what they want. Number three is go beyond just what your clients and audience are saying is the problem. Often this is actually just a presenting problem. It's surface level and there's a much deeper problem that needs resolved. So again, for example, just taking sort of my niche, I'm a business coach, I tend to coach other coaches and for example, they might say um, their problem is not being able to create a social media post that that gets traction or they don't know exactly how to create a reel and that is the presenting problem however the deeper problem could be that they've got a fear of being seen, they've got a fear of being successful, they've got a fear of showing up and if I just work with the surface level then what will happen is they'll have the information but they've not healed the deeper problem so they're still not going to fully show up. So this works for every single niche, every single niche, every single coaching niche in this industry, we can always go deeper. We can look at what is the client saying the problem is and then challenge this. As a coach, it is your job to challenge this. It's your job to guide the client to reflect deeper and see if there is that deeper problem that needs resolved. Number four, listen to listen. Don't listen to respond. Listening is a skill that is Required by coaches, and something that's probably not actually taught enough. Often we're taught how to ask questions as coaches, how to create a safe container, but we're not taught the art of listening. Now, most people listen to respond. Even as a coach, I see most coaches listening so that they can respond with what they think is the best answer or the best question to ask their client. They're too in their own head and in their own ego of wanting to get it right. So a client says something and the coach is, while they're listening to what the client is saying, thinking, okay, what what's going to be good to say next in order for me to be a good coach? However, when we are doing this, we can be missing lots of key indicators that's gonna give us a bigger context on what they're actually saying. We're not truly really listening, we're actually more in our own head. Whereas when you shift that and you listen to just listen, listen to listen, sometimes our clients actually don't need a response. Sometimes our clients just need to speak. Sometimes they just need to be heard. Sometimes they just need to be validated sometimes, and some of you might resonate with this, they just need to speak it out so that they can come to their own conclusion. Lots of my one-to-one clients, they have a Voxer channel with me and the amount of my clients who will leave me a voice message and then recall it before I even see they've left me a message, is it's, it's huge. I, I go on and often there'll be like four recalled messages and then a quick little written message that will say, I recalled all those messages because actually I just needed to speak it out and I've got my own answer now. That is the power of being a coach. It's not always having an answer. It is creating a space that you make your client feel valued and heard and able to speak without judgment. You listen to listen to what they've got to say. Then if a response is required afterwards, then you can think and say your response, but you're listening to listen in the first place. Number five, stop being afraid of silence in your coaching sessions. So this is kind of linked to the last one. This is kind of linked to number four so many coaches again they are so scared and this fear often comes from not feeling qualified as a coach this fear often comes from imposter syndrome creeping up either they don't feel like they've done enough studying they don't feel like they've got the right knowledge they don't feel like they've got the right certification so what happens is this fear of having silence in a coaching session this fear of not knowing what to say. the fear is actually what will my client think of me does this make me not a good coach and this fear of silence can actually be damaging the transformation that can occur with your client. Because what often happens is if there is a silence, this gives your client an opportunity to reflect and think deeper. You can ask a question and if your client doesn't know the answer and they say they don't know, you can stay silent. You can give them an opportunity to think. Often as humans, we're taught to like respond right away. So think on the spot and give your first response. We're not often given an opportunity to think deeper. We're not often given an opportunity to think about really what it is that we want to say or what we really felt about that situation or what we really think about that situation. I remember watching a programme and um, Will Smith was on it and he was chatting about writing his book and he said that in the first couple of chapters, he used the words, uh, I'm sure, don't quote me on this, but I'm sure it was words pissed off. So he he was annoyed about something, but he kept on using those same words. And he said, after the first couple of chapters, there's only so many times that you can use the same words over and over. And what it actually meant was that it made him think about, what other words can I use? And when thinking about the other words, it made him actually stop and think, actually, what did I feel in that moment? And it wasn't just about being pissed off, it was actually those moments where he was embarrassed those moments when he was angry. So I love this example because it's similar to what I'm talking about here is sometimes what people will see as the first thing when they're given time, when they're given silence to actually reflect a little bit deeper, then they question themselves, they question that first answer, is that actually true? Do I not know the answer or is the answer just not immediate? And giving them this space, giving them this time, giving them this silence allows them to reflect and think deeper and can in itself create this aha moment, this breakthrough for your client. So stop being afraid of silence in your coaching sessions. Number six, ask questions, allow the client to respond and give you more information. So what I mean by this is questions such as, can you tell me more about that? So often, again, clients will come out with an answer. They'll say something like, this is the answer. This is how I felt. This is what I done. And you can stop it there if you want aid and then you can go in with your answer or what you want to say. But again, you are actually not giving your client an opportunity to go deeper. You're keeping the conversation very surface level. Whereas when you say things like, can you tell me more about that? It makes them think. It makes them think about what is the deeper reason around this? Why did I come to that conclusion? It's always looking at the deeper layers underneath. This is how you're going to create transformation with your clients. Often in their life, they're probably having surface level conversations throughout the day. So this is often our go-to response. It's just the first response. It's just the surface level answer, the surface level conversation. It is your job as a coach to dive deeper. So ask questions that are going to allow your client to respond and give you more information around that thing. Number seven, listen to what's not being said. Now, I know there's a lot of coaches in the online space who aren't doing video calls anymore and they're not doing in-person sessions with their client either. They're doing audio calls. Now, there is absolutely nothing wrong with doing audio calls if that's what you decide. It's your business and you can run it your way. However, for me, it's really important to do video calls. It's really important for me to be able to see my clients because I like to listen to what's not being said. And by this, I mean, I like to notice their body language. I like to notice, do they feel or do do I sense that they feel? Can I see that they look a little bit uncomfortable when they're saying that? Are they shifting their body as they speak? Is there any signs that something is making them feel a little bit anxious? Are they tapping their pen or their hands a little bit more? Is there longer pauses in between things? So, I always like to listen to what's not being said. I like to listen to these other cues and also falling under this category of listening to what's not being said is I like to listen and just notice are they missing certain things out? So sometimes you'll you'll ask them a question and they will dance around the answer. They won't actually answer your question. You will ask it, but they won't answer it. They'll kind of answer it in a different way. So again, you're listening to what's not being said. You can reflect it back. I notice that you've given me this answer, however, I noticed that you didn't actually answer the question. What is the reason for that? And again, this is giving you an opportunity to start to dive deeper into what could be not just presenting problems, but these deeper problems of what is keeping your client stuck and holding them back. Number eight is notice what you notice. Notice if there are repeated words repeated phrases again this goes on with the point of number seven is notice body language notice what you notice if you get a feeling of something reflect that to your client you can ask permission first you can say I've noticed something that's going on here do you mind if I reflect back to you what I am noticing right now I'm noticing that you keep on using this phrase over and over let's dive deeper into that Or it could be, I notice that with every time that we celebrate, every time that you speak about something going well, you follow it right up with something negative. Is that something that you do regularly? Get your client thinking. Notice what you notice and reflect it back to your client. Number nine, don't indulge in their victimhood. This is such a good one. Don't indulge in their victimhood. Most people will fight to defend their excuses. And excuses, a lot of clients use excuses as reasons, but they are just an excuse. They're a way for a person to not take radical responsibility and they will often use excuses for something rather than look for the solution and people like to defend their excuses, people like to defend their reasons why they didn't fulfill maybe what they said they were going to fulfill or why they acted a certain way they would rather defend those excuses than look for the solution. And it's your job as a coach not to let this happen. They are likely fallen into victimhood in their life and other areas and most people will applaud them for it, right? Most other people are in their victimhood as well. There's a saying that goes, misery loves company. People love to complain. People get Rewards for complaining. When people are in their victimhood, people feel sorry for them, people give them more attention, people listen to them. As a society, we are rewarded for being in our victimhood, and we're sometimes punished for going against that. We're sometimes punished for. Having that strong work ethic or having that radical responsibility, we are sometimes punished for being the one that always looks on the bright side. And we are rewarded for staying in our victimhood. It is your job as their coach to not let them fall into victimhood. Okay, you are there to help them create change in their life. You are there to help them look for that solution. Otherwise, they're going to stay stuck in their problems and they're not going to get lasting results. Number 10, Don't be afraid to challenge your clients. Don't be afraid to challenge your clients. When your clients are saying something, and again, if you get a feeling or based on other knowledge you have, the other knowledge your client has given you, do you believe that that's actually the truth? You can ask them, is that a fact? Or is it a perceived fact? Often when clients aren't getting results, they'll say, I've tried everything. Have you tried everything? Is that a fact? Or are you just perceiving that fact because of how you're feeling in the moment? Don't be afraid to challenge what our clients are saying. It can feel uncomfortable. In society, we're taught not to challenge people. Right from children, we're taught not to challenge people. People in authority, adults, people that pay us, don't challenge them. The customer is always right. Right. It is your job, though, to challenge your clients. It is your job to help them make changes in their life. And you're going to do that by challenging them, by getting them to think outside of the box, to hold them accountable. Is that a fact or is that a perceived fact? Number 11, get more curious around why they think a certain way, rather than just about what they're actually thinking. So you can ask them what they think about a certain thing, if that comes up in in your sessions, if it comes up in conversation. But it's often the key piece of information isn't about their thought itself, it's about their thought process. So it's not about what they think, it's why they think that way. Okay, often again, we are programmed from children, we're programmed from when we're first born, we're actually programmed from when we're still in our mother's womb. And We take on other people's conditioning, other people's programming and we don't often challenge why we think a certain way. We just think, well, it's always been that way. I've always thought that way. It's always been that way. That's just what everybody does. But any change in life, Any big event in life, any radical change, any changes that has got massive results in life has came mostly from people thinking a different way. It's came from people challenging what has always been thought. We look back at any event in history and that is what has happened. So again, if you want to be able to help clients get results, be there to help them look at why they think a certain way. The focus isn't always on the thought, the focus can often be more on the thought process and diving deeper into that is going to allow them to progress further. Number 12, don't be afraid to ask obvious questions. Sometimes we think we need to, as coaches, find the perfect question, the most intellectual question, the question that's going to get the biggest change in our client. But often the biggest change is the most obvious questions. It's just that our clients are so in it. They are so in their problems. They are so in their their thoughts that they aren't thinking of the obvious. Sometimes what is obvious to us isn't actually obvious to our client we get to reflect the obvious back to them we get to be the mirror for our client so don't be afraid to ask questions that you think are an obvious question okay number 13 be willing to not only help a client draw out their wildest dreams and desires as coaches obviously we want to do that we want them to think what is your what is your goal and how can I help you achieve that but also dig into why they have struggled to achieve them so far. It's not always about set a goal, make a plan, keep them accountable. If it was that easy, they probably would have achieved it by now. There are reasons why they've not achieved it so far. Finding out what those reasons are and helping them recover or work through any blocks or let go of anything that's been holding them back and then move on to the plan to achieve the goals is what is going to be so transformational in those clients actually getting results okay it's not just about a plan to move forward there's no amount of motivation or I just want to do this I'm going to be motivated that I'll get people results if they've got blocks that have kept them stuck if they've got limiting beliefs that they haven't ever worked on so your job as a coach isn't just to look at what's your goal and how we can get there it's also to dig in and look at why haven't you got there already this is your goal so why haven't you what have you struggled with what have you tried in the past before what went well what didn't go well number 14 encourage your clients to go beyond what is probable and get them to look at what is possible a lot of people think well that's probably not going to happen so then they just say to themselves that it can't happen okay it's probably not going to happen it's it probably doesn't happen for people like me, right? It's it's not probable to happen. However, when you get them to look at what is possible, for example, if someone wanted to go to the moon in their life, is that probable that it's going to happen? Possibly not based on their circumstances up until this moment. However, is it possible? Has a man went on the moon? Yes. So if it's possible for someone else, is it possible for them? Yes. Often we tell ourselves that something's probably not going to happen so I may as well just score off that goal because it's probably not going to happen anyway. You don't want to be working in the realm of probability with your clients. You want to see is it possible and this can help as I say looking at other people in that field that have achieved it, looking at other people's stories who have been in circumstances that weren't favourable but still achieved what they wanted to achieve. So encourage them to go beyond the probability and look at the possibility. Number 15, be the coach, not the cheerleader. You are the coach. You are not the cheerleader. You are not there to just pay for please, agree with your clients, clap when they do well and motivate them to keep going. That is not your job. That is surface level. Yes, that can be part of your role as a coach. There is definitely times when I'm coaching my clients, when I am doing the role of the cheerleader, when I am saying, you can do this, you've got this. When they're about to host a a webinar, a masterclass for the first time, when they're launching a new offer and I'm like, yes, you've got this, you can do it. When they celebrate the results and I'm celebrating with them and we're sending gifts to each other and we are massively in celebration. And again, I'm being a cheerleader, but I can only be the cheerleader because I have first been the coach. I can only say you've got this because I know we've worked on all the deeper work up until now. I can only be the one that celebrates the results with them because firstly I helped them put in place the things that they needed to create those results. So don't fall into people pleasing with your clients. That is not going to be beneficial for your clients. And it's not going to be beneficial for you either. It might give your ego a little boost. It might help you feel like the good person. Sometimes as a coach, we feel like we're being bad. We feel like when we're challenging our client's beliefs, when we are challenging our client's accountability, when we're challenging how much a client wants something, when we're challenging if they have actually done and said integrity with what they are said they're going to do or not, it can feel like you are being bad. It goes against this societal expectation of be nice to people be nice to people be kind to people you can still be nice and kind but still be the coach and it's a coach first your client is hiring you to coach them to help them create results not just to be a cheerleader they already have people in their life that can do that okay so that is probably the most important point that's why i'm ending with this be the coach not the cheerleader I would love to hear what you have loved the most out of these, out of points one to fifty, and what really resonated with you the most. Come on social media, either on Facebook, Haley Forbes on Facebook, or you'll find me on Instagram at Haley Forbes Coaching. And I'm also going to leave a link in the description below so you can. Jump on that if you want to be on the waitlist for the next round of the Certified Neurogetics Coaching Academy. So we've already started the next round of that. However, the other round will be opening up very soon. So it opens up in a few months. You can get on the wait list for that now. What this allows you to do is it gives you a certification to be a coach. But whether you are new to coaching, whether you have always wanted to become a coach before and you've never started a coaching business, or whether you're already a coach either certified or not it's going to give you that certification but it's also going to give you that proven framework that takes clients on this deeper transformational journey okay you'll see what I've said about in this podcast it's not just about surface level we have to be able to go deeper as coaches and this is what I teach in the neurogetics framework we go deeper we go back into the past we rewire the subconscious we remove and dissolve limit And beliefs and blocks for our clients before then helping them think bigger picture and take action towards their goals. So if that sounds like something you would like to do, if you're ready to step up either as a coach or into your next level as a coach, then get on the waitlist now. The waitlist is going to allow you to get the newest updates, the pre-pre-sale investment price and also give you extended payment plans as well. So if it is interest to you, if you're thinking about becoming a coach or deepening your coach practice then make sure you click on that link and get on the waitlist for the next round of the Certified Neurogetics Coaching Academy. Thank you so much for listening to this episode it has been an amazing one it's slightly different to the ones I've done before so I'd love to hear if you've loved this and what your biggest takeaway is from this. That was the Sigma Femme podcast with Hayley Forbes. To find out how Hayley can help you step into the next level of you and scale your business more than you ever thought possible visit hayleyforbescoaching.com Dot com. that's hayleyforbescoaching